for Hero Clicks, episode 134, where I'm joined by my cousin and good friend Austin Smith. Hola. And uh, not joined by Drew Alderson at the moment. However. What's that mean, Hunter Smith? Well, I, I, it's a, we got to keep it a surprise. Do we? Obviously, we do. We, I, I think we do. Okay. I mean, I guess that's you're you're the showrunner. Uh, maybe a later appearance by Drew Alderson. Maybe live from Origins. I. Stay tuned. I'm excited for this potential. Today we will be talking about Origins, obviously. It's going on right now as we speak. We're going to talk about all the nice things we've been shown and spoiled for us. There's been quite a few different things. And then Austin and I will catch up on what we played because it's been about three weeks since we recorded last. And then we're going to catch up on our community stuff. We are not ready to do Spider-Verse yet. For those who have been wondering. So, uh, two weeks from now, though, guys, just a heads up, is when we're going to do Spider-Verse. So, if you haven't had time to read it yet and you want to join in, make sure you do that within the next two weeks. Alright, let's get into the news. Alright, because we have just an ungodly amount of things to spoil this week, it's hard to keep it all lumped together. So, forgive us if we kind of jump from thing to thing. Or if we miss anything. And or or if we miss anything, because there's quite a bit of stuff. Uh, Let's do... Honestly, I think the biggest announcement, just because it's literally brand spanking new, no one knew or saw it coming. Let's talk about the Deadpool and X-Force set, which has been announced as our next major set that we did not already know about. I guess this would be our first set for 2017 uh, that we know about. Um, order date's October 11th, so yeah. Expected release February. February 2017. Let's talk briefly about the uh, allocation afterwards, though. Don't let me forget. Um, it says, Marvel Hero Clicks Deadpool and X-Force pushes the envelope with never-before-seen gameplay. Shocking cracks in the fourth wall and a very special figure that will be keeping secret for quite some time. Long-standing Hero Clicks favorite Wolverine returns. Who saw that coming? Alongside Dupe and WizKid. Build fun new teams around X-Statics. So here's our uh, sub-themes. X-Statics, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. A lot of people have been wanting her a reprint of her for a long time. And Mercs for Money. I don't recognize the first or the last one. Ecstatics was... I'm not sure if it has a current iteration. I'm not entirely sure. It used to be a pretty solid X-Men book back in the heyday 90s of the X-Men. But like I said, I'm not sure if it's still around. But it was pretty popular with big X-Men fans back in the day. Here's the allocation though, guys. There's 80 figures total. This just... It gets worse with every set. 
19 common, 19 uncommon, 19 rares, 12 super rare, and 8 chases. We lied about the secret figure. There is an ultra chase. So not only is there 19 rares, uh, and primes with all those, obviously. There, so there's 19 rares and 12 super rares and 8 chases and an ultra chase. Uh, there better be at least one chase per brick. If <laughs> they're doing eight chases, holy shit. There better be at least, like, two rares per pack. This 19 rares business and 16 rares and so on and so forth is just a little... Crazy. Ridiculous. It's getting so expensive to get pieces you want, like the... Oh my goodness. Uh, Fast Forces is... They don't show the actual silhouettes of the sculpts. I'm assuming because they're not all finished yet. But we know that the characters are Wolverine, Phantom X, Psylocke, Cable, and Domino. Ooh, Domino. Well, we got two in Deadpool. And you know, yeah, we did get two. That kind of brings me to my thing about this. You would think I would be ecstatic about an X-Force set. But a lot of these are things we already got. But these are things we just got pretty recently. I mean, I'm not really complaining. But... I'm not excited either. I think I, I don't know what they. I mean, there's a couple I can, you know, I'll be like, oh, I hope they do a new elixir or a new this or a new that. But overall, the core members, like, we just got multiple iterations of them within the last year. I think this is the typical WizKids marketing scheme where they're trying to revolve around movies because there's an upcoming X Force movie. Uh, Deadpool was absolutely a hit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just them kind of trailing on the end of that and trying to boost their sales. That's a good point. And, I mean, I think we might... this. We have gotten basically a yearly X-Men set, haven't we? Or has it been bi-yearly? Um, well, there was definitely a, a pretty good size gap between... Wolverine. Wolverine and Uncanny. But Deadpool... Or, sorry, uh, sorry, uh... Between giant size X Men and, and Wolverine, and Wolverine the X Men is what I'm saying. There was a pretty big time gap. I mean, we can look it up on Realms real quick. Yeah, just for your curiosity's sake. Uh, I want if you want to count Deadpool as one, which I suppose you sort of could. Uh, that would I mean, it contained help. most of the X Force, and it had uh, it had Weapon X stuff and all that crap. So giant size X Men was January of 2011. The next X-Men set would have been Wolverine and the X-Men in August of 2013. So two and a half year gap there. Then uh, after that we had Deadpool the following May. So not even a full year we got Deadpool after that. And we got Days of Future Past, both of those in the yeah. same month. So really we can definitely count that, both of them together, as a X-Men set. So, and then uh, from that point, that was... That was May of 2014, and then we got Uncanny X-Men in May of 2016. So I guess that has been pretty much bi-yearly that we've gotten these sets, but uh, yeah. we're getting another I was going to say, I think it's them looking at X-Men as an Avengers or a Trinity kind of set. Where oh, for sure. It'll yeah, sell. they need to keep one in rotation. It's going to sell stupid well, all that crap. Like and, that. and that's wise of them. It's going to keep their numbers up. It's, you know, every fiscal year... You're going to have either a Spider-Man or an X-Men or an Avengers or this yep. or that coming out. or Pretty much two of them, really. It, keep, it keeps the main characters in. And then you can, you, can take a, you can take a gamble on a Turtle set or um, a, a 
Flash set, which was, I mean, Flash is getting more and more popular, but a Guardians of the Galaxy set before it really caught on all the way. So, yeah, I'm a slosh. Don't get me wrong, there's like a dozen other sets I would have chosen before this, like themes and stuff like that, but I, I'm not like upset that we're getting into Yeah, that's what I'm set. saying. I'm just saying like, if you would have asked me two years ago, do I want a Wolverine, a Deadpool in the X-Force set, I'd have been like, fuck yeah, but now it's like, we just have so many. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm not like crazy excited. Uh, let's talk about cons for a moment. You know, we're gonna, we might talk to Mr. Drew Alderson here later. We'll see if he's gotten his hands on any of these cons. But there's a couple that we pretty much know the exact dials of all of them by now. We've covered most of them on the podcast. We're going to cover the remaining ones today, not super in detail. But I, I do want to talk about Rocket and Groot because I'm a little disappointed. This I is, am too. This is one that, you know, I was going to pick up these guys and Ace. Those were the ones I wanted to pick up, regardless of the dials. But now, I'm actually not so sure I'm going to pick up Rocket and Groot. Here's the way it works. 130 points. It's a giant size figure. It does not have the duo on the base. Uh, a duo symbol on the base. It has two traits. You give them a free action to place adjacent a rocket raccoon bystander if there's not already one on the map. And the... the well, let's do the other trait first before we talk about the bystander. The other trait is if rocket is KO'd, you may not place any rocket bystanders for the rest of the game, and Rocket and Groot modify his combat values by plus one, and he has Battle Fury for this game. So basically, if Rocket dies, Groot go gets pissed off, and he gets plus one to everything, and he gets Battle Fury. If then Rocket, or sorry, if then basically Groot, but the figure still technically called if Rocket and Raccoon and Groot is KO'd, you may place adjacent a Rocket Raccoon bystander if there's not already one on the map and modify that character's combat values by plus one in this game. First of all, how does that make any damn sense? You you let you pop Rocket off, Rocket dies, which super buffs Groot, which sort of makes sense. Okay, Groot's mad that Rocket got killed, and now you're saying after Rocket dies, now an angry Rock or sorry, then you're saying after Groot dies, now an angry Rocket's coming back from the grave. I'm confused. What the thought is behind that? Because initially I liked the idea of it. I was like, okay, he you know he gets mad. Anyway. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, the little bystander, is pretty solid. It's running shot, energy explosion, super senses, and prob. But uh, granted, it's a bystander, so it only has one click alive. But its trait is at the beginning of your turn, you may remove Rocket from the map if he's adjacent to, basically, to Groot still. What I'm upset about, or just kind of annoyed at, is that you can't split and merge. Yeah, that's That's what, what is really retarded about this whole I thing. I don't... So, is there a broken interaction? Like, I know that the Chase Rocket Raccoon's stupid good, but is there some... Would it be absurd if you could? Like, did they make no, this no, no, choice no. specifically? I, I see where you're going with this. Do, do you think... First of all, get real, Austin Smith. They had the foresight... To think, oh wait, no. if we did this, this combo would be broken. Yeah, it's they've true. really they've really proven in the past that they have the the the, far the foresight to understand consequences to understand the concepts of com- possible broken combos in the future and and avoided those obstacles. Yeah, 
I, I see where you're going, but I don't think so. I think it's a design choice. Instead yeah. of doing the typical duo, they went with this weird pop-off, but pop-back, or uh, not pop-back on, pop-off, but then if he dies, this one gets mad, but then Rocket comes back from the grave as a fucking Red Lantern or some shit. I don't really understand. You know what I would like better... I would be fine with this design if it wasn't a bystander pog and instead the little plastic rocket popped off the base or something and had his own little base. I, I, and let me be clear. I'm not annoyed at the way that the trait works. I'm annoyed that they didn't do it in a way that still made this figure a duo figure so that you could split and merge and so that it adds to the playability of the figure because you now have, I mean, with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and comic set, we have six different figures of each at least, all of varying point values, and all would be some cool combinations to do split and merges with. Yeah. So you took away a lot of playability, but more importantly, or not more importantly, but to me, you took away the thematicness of it too. I don't know. I just, I'm not crazy about the figure. I definitely don't think I'm going to pick it up for the outrageous prices that it's going to be on the secondary market, yeah. personally. Uh, the other ones, they did an official spoiler, if you haven't seen it, on HeroClicks.com. They spoiled basically what was remaining of the DC. I really like the Red Robin. We have the Red Robin. He obviously has a 25-point, you know, isolated from the violent world type thing. He'll also be stealth because he has the Batman team ability. And he also, of course, has the KC team ability. I like his... Uh... His damage power for his separated too with the whole uh, um, he can use enhancement when an opposing character within range and li line of fire uh, assigns three or more damage to a friendly character after extra resolve deal the opposing character one penetrating so it's kind of like a mystics for friendly sort of speak right and his range would be uh, five if anyone's wondering so if if when you put him on his twenty five point he's at eight he's a stealth remember so he'll be stealth with the eighteen in reflexes. So as long as your opponent can't see through stealth, you're sitting pretty. You can just, you can have him deal mystics. Well, it's, it's not necessarily mystics because it's not uh, unavoidable. Yeah, it's penetrating. It's one pin, so you know invincible, invincible and things like that might get around. It, it is worth noting though, um, assigns would be before reducers, wouldn't it? When an opposing character, yes, it would. Yeah, because you assign and then damage is taken. Okay, that's a lot better than I thought it was because when I read it first time for some reason, like I went to take three damage. But assigns, is, assigns is also before. No, it's after super senses. It's after super. Senses. That's like you split. If someone splits their bolts between three characters right. next to him, right? But it, it deals three to each. So it, it would work with impervious. Yeah. Say say you target my figure with impervious. Assign three damage. You have to assign the damage before I roll to see if I reduce it. So I may still reduce it, and you'll still have to take this yeah. damage that I'm making. That's a lot better than I thought it was, actually. He has a figure also at 100 points. isn't too bad. I mean, he has sidestep every click. He has great values. His defense values are amazing. He's never below a 17, and that's on his last two clicks. And he, he always has reflexes, pretty much. And then he also at 100 points gets a trait. Whereas values can't be modified except by other KCs, and his powers can't be countered except which by other KCs, amazing. which is what they all have. Or not, I don't know if they all have that. Did they all have that? I'm pretty sure they all do. But I know Hawkman did. I don't remember if they all do. Anyway. Batman with bombs pretty cool. Not as cool as the shark, but he's pretty cool too. I, for one, just love any excuse to put more bomb objects on the map. Batman begins the game with the bomb assigned. An assigned bomb dial is placed on the assigned character's card. He has sidestep, 
If the bomb dial is assigned, he can sidestep an additional time this turn. And that's pretty much all he has. He just carries his bomb around. He's 35 points. He just has willpower other than that. And he just double sidesteps around with the bomb. So what does the bomb do? The bomb has two traits. One of them is once at the beginning of your turn, a friendly character assigned the bomb dial may assign the bomb dial to an adjacent character. It does not say uh, friendly or opposing. So you can give it to anybody as long as they're adjacent. The other trait is hurry. At the end of each player's turn, if that player has the bomb assigned to a character on their force, they roll a d6. On a 1 to 3, you turn the bomb dial one click. And when boom is displayed, you deal the character with the bomb dial assigned and all characters within three squares of it. Three damage. And then you remove the bomb from the game. This would have been nice if this figure would have came about four years ago. Yes. So I could use it for our games of football and our games of Gamma Ball and all that stuff. Because this exactly is basically what I, what I saw. It, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they made a Gamma Ball figure. Um, I like it. It's pretty cool. I don't know. Again, it's not worth the money that WizKids is asking for one figure. But it's, oh, definitely it's, not. It's a very cool uh, dial design. I, I applaud them on that. I was, I'm kind of sad because I was hoping it would be... This is the kind of figure I'd like to be in a set because it'd be the one that I'd like to pull as many as possible of just to have tons of bombs to play around with. I don't think they would do that. Crap. There's no way they wouldn't silver ring him. I mean, he already is silver Well, I mean, I know he'd be silver ring, but... Yeah. Just just to have the bombs for scenarios and stuff. It's really cool, though. I like the figure, and I like the shark one, too. The arrow pack, pretty meh, as I kind of expected it to be. I mean, it's straightforward. The The green arrow is your typical running shot sniper guy. He's got two traits. One of them sidestep and stealth. The other one's at the beginning of your turn. You get to choose one. Energy, shield, range combat. or Sorry, you get energy, shield, and range combat expert. Or you get reflexes and close combat expert. Pretty pretty bland dial. Uh, Diggle is has no he's special a dial. anything. He's very vanilla. He's just stealth and reflexes. He's only what twenty five points. Yeah, I mean he's a good dial for twenty five. Yeah, points. he's got enhancement support. Um, not bad at all. And then the arrow cycle is uh, a little does he more have complicated. Soldier? Diggle had soldier and star yeah, city. That's not bad actually. The arrow cycle is forty points. A theme team may include it and is still a theme team as long as arrow or green arrow is on your force. And arrow um, can... Go ahead. I was going to say I'm glad that they made it arrow or green arrow because that means you can take it back to actual comics green arrows. Correct. It has uh, run a shot and sidestep. And other than that, it has no special anything. Um, that That's a good point. I didn't really make a, make a point about this. This arrow is called just arrow, not green arrow. So if you're playing other older figures that reference a power or something that goes off of Green Arrow or anything like, like that. Like if you had a Dyna or something like that that got a bonus off of Green Arrow right. or Jason or something. That will not apply here. And it also doesn't have real name on it, does it? At least not on the it, yeah, At least not on the online spoiler. Um, honestly, the Arrow itself is a little lackluster. If you're a huge fan of... Green arrow, though, I think the arrow cycle is not too bad, especially when you consider the fact it adds a lot of mobility to a green arrow figure, which green arrow figures yeah. are really good. But I don't know, 20 bucks for three pieces I agree. is a little much, though. The prices kill all of this, honestly, across the board. If I mean. they were, if if any of these were half of what they are, I would buy them on the spot. Whether, I'd buy everyone. Whether I really know that I would even play it that much or not. And they would still make money off of it. Let's get real here. I mean, this Batman is one figure for fifteen dollars. 
that's about 42 cents worth of plastic and 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 shipping and all that $15 okay um, let's see but it's a con exclusive but I mean what, what are you gonna do that's not not shitting on WizKids for that it's pretty much everybody and every company in the world at this point we got some new ATAs Austin Smith yeah I saw these I'm so excited there's several of them we're not gonna really go over all of them right now what I want to do though and what I think would be cool is the next episode we will do a little planning and think of some some cool teams for each of them or some just some cool idea and combos for all of them. Oh, there's a lot more than I thought there were. I've only oh, seen there's two of them. There's quite a few. So it's like the Gen Con released the last few years. Right, where we've exactly. Tons of them. And, and you know they they've been doing this at Worlds for at least since we went like three years ago. Was that when we went the first time? I think it was three yeah, years ago. Yeah, it was ago. three years ago. So, I mean, they did it even back then. So, they've been doing it pretty much every year. Yeah. Um, there's a Flash family, a Legion of Doom. There's one for Ruler. Ooh, there's a Ruler one? Yeah, there's a lot of... There's quite a few of them, so... Yeah, we definitely have to... I would like to get in depth on those next so, episodes. Yeah, so next episode we'll talk about some good figures that can benefit from the ATAs and or some... some you know, some general idea of teams or whatever. We're also getting a symbiote in the OP, in the OP kit. kit. Yeah. I'm, your foes, man. I want to say in general, I'm happy with the OP kits the last few rounds. Um, I not, agree. They're not amazing, but the objects we're getting are cool. They're flavorful. It's, it's quality over quantity now. Yes. That's what it is. Um, it's... It's objects that they fit the thing, like the mutagen and turtles we got was pretty cool. We got the pim particles, which I've seen played a lot. Um, and then uh, now a symbiote. Like, I'm totally on board for this. Oh, pim particles seen tons of play. Yeah. Okay, so guys, you know, earlier I said, forgive us if we skip around because there's so much. There's more con exclusive stuff to talk about. <laughs> uh, there's the Punisher and the Battle Van. The Punisher himself is pretty bland, pretty typical little 60 point Punisher dial. And then the. Punisher van is it's crazy, crazy complicated. I don't even want to get into all of this stuff on the air. So just go check it out if you haven't already. It's a cool idea. I like it. Um, I like all the stuff that comes with it too. I love, I love all the stuff that comes with it. Like it's cool the way they went about this. But I'm sure somebody is going to break this shit. Oh, it, it's already basic. <laughs> it's already pretty much broken, anyways. So, uh, I, again, though, it's just not worth the outrageous, ridiculous prices that they want for it. But it is very cool. They did a good... Again, they're doing a great job with design. They're killing it on design. It's just... Yeah. Me, personally, I am not paying this much money. I, I'm I'm a little more mature now, Austin Smith. I just can't go around blowing my money everywhere. I can't. I just blow my money on everything. Also con-exclusive related, Man Spider, who I am thinking about getting if he doesn't come out in the spider I have mindset. never been a huge Man Spider fan, but I actually really like this uh, figure in general. Animal, Monster, Savage Lands. Savage Lands coming back, buddy. It ignores uh, elevated and hindering on movement. Two special powers, a movement and attack. His movement is charge and flurry, and when he uses flurry, after action to resolve, if he hit the same target with both attacks, which he has an 11 attack top dial, so probably going to happen... He can use exploit weakness as a free action to target the same character. Uh, I would assume, though, going off that wording, that it would be subject to the damage depletion modifier, if anyone's wondering. But you still get a flurry with an 11-3, and then an exploit weakness with an 11-2. That's pretty good for a 100-point figure. Uh, his attack power also is when he hits with a close attack, after action to resolve, you may attach the web marker. So I'm assuming he's going to come with the clicks effects web. 
Attach the web marker to a hit target, removing it from anywhere else. That character with the web marker can't move without breaking away and can't automatically break away. Very nice. Other characters don't have to break away from that character. Even better. And when that character does eventually break away, you remove the web marker from it. Other than that, he super senses on the first th uh, three clicks, then toughness and battle fury after that. So he's, he's pretty cool. I, I don't expect him to say stu super high on the secondary market, price-wise. So that's why I'm thinking I might eventually pick him up. Yeah. If he doesn't make his way into spider for or I uh, said he doesn't have Spider-Man family though, just because you can't yeah. play thematically with a Spider-Man thing. I agree, but especially you know what? with all the shit we're getting at the dugout, he can have Spider-Man. Yes, because. He deserves it. Last but not least, Casey Jones. Have you seen Casey yet? Yeah, I took a look okay. at him. Casey's really cool. I, I'm kind of bummed that he's he's this cool, although not feeling... I'm mad that Casey's this cool. He's Both figures we've gotten so far for there's, pro, there's pros and cons about this Casey, though. He's 75 points. He has brute and TMNT ally keywords. He has two traits. First one is friendly characters named Casey and April O'Neil. Can you support but only to heal characters with the opposite name? His other trait is what's cool. At the beginning of your turn, choose bats, golf club, or hockey stick to last until you choose again. If you choose bats, you get flurry. Golf club gives you in cap and hit characters are knocked back three squares. Hockey stick is giant reach two and sidestep. So all pretty solid options for a 75 point figure who is a charge, 11 attack, and then 2 damage, but has perplex. But then he has a 17 defend. That's uh, that's what I'm not too crazy about. I don't get... Uh, what's the point of a 17 defend? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Particularly where you think, oh, well, I'm going to be playing him with a bunch of the other cheap point turtles with the TMNT ally keyword. Yeah, all those figures have at least a 17 That's already. If they had like a 16 combat reflexes or something average, like maybe I could understand that. They're, no, they're all 17 or higher. Like there's a handful of them are 18 top down. And I can't think of any case where that 17 would be good with support. April would be really... No, I can't either. Although in 11-17, so if, if they went... If your opponents went after April 1st, you could defend them and then you have an 11... You, you could use support... With your tray, her on her, and then you'd have an eleven on your seventeen defend. But that's still not really. That's very situational. This whole thing, this whole the whole thing is very situational. That's what I'm not crazy about. Um, but the trait's useful. I'm sure he'll be fun in. Uh, no, he, he's not going to be meta, but he'll be fun in your little local games. And then his last three clicks, he loses charge. Unfortunately, gets a leap climb instead. But instead of perplex, he gets shades of gray. When Casey Jones KOs an opposing character, after actions resolve, you may place him into your starting area. If you do, roll a d6 and heal him a number of clicks equal to the result minus one. I like that ability. I I like that ability so much, I'd like to see it on future pieces. I think it's a really cool idea. Mm -hmm. 75 points, pretty cool dial. What else have we not talked about, Austin? Let me flip through everything here. Make sure we're, we got everything. Okay. So let's move on to some stuff we found out from Origin so far. We've seen the boxes, thanks to Patrick McGee, for uh, Joker's Wild. Kind of an uh, old school theme with the art style. I like it, the cover of it. Then we got Suicide Squad, showing the sub theme on the side. 
and the and the outside. Oh no, that's a no, it's not Zaz. Um, is it Tattoo Man? Maybe I'm not entirely sure. Uh, there's a Deadshot and a Fat Waller. There you go, Austin. She's Smith. back. Fat Waller's back. Mm. There's the Outsiders with uh, Batman, and it's kind of hard to see on the picture, but I'm assuming a Black Lightning, the old school Black Lightning sculpt. It looks like static almost, with the mask and everything. I, it kind of does, but I don't remember static being an Outsiders, but I could be wrong. And then we also uh, saw on the side of the Spider-Man boosters that there will be Doc Ock, Venom, and Green Goblin, and then Shocker, Boomerang, and uh, what's her Beetle. name? Beetle. So, uh, and we already knew what the Fast Forces was and what it looked like. So you're gonna get two Venoms for sure. You're gonna get the Fast Forces and the main set and a main set one for all you know, anyone wondering. So excited for more symbiotes. As well as two Green Goblins because uh, Green Goblins and the Fast Forces also. And more Maximum Carnage work keyword, please, so that way I can continue playing that team with that amazing ATA. Speaking of Spider, uh, Superior Foes, Spider-Man, we got even more stuff. We got Blue Beetle's full dial here. Again, thanks to Patrick Beetle. McGee. Or sorry, Beetle. Why did I say Blue Beetle? Yeah. Uh, she looks, it, it's hard to see from the picture, but she looks to be a common to me. Um, then we have Hobgoblin, who is an uncommon, and he's a silver ring. And then, most importantly, and what I really want to talk about was Stiltman. Well, I assume you've seen. God, he's a booster in length. He, I can't tell from his base if he's a common or a rare. And I can't stress enough how, a common, how important that is. I'm almost positive he's a common, which makes it even worse. Because <laughs> that looks white. That doesn't look shiny. First of all, for anyone wondering, these are this will be the first set with the new cards. I like the book. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how they turn out. I, I, I kind of like them initially, but I haven't seen them in person yet. Uh... Stiltman is crazy tall. In fact, a lot of people have been messaging us saying, is he even going to fit in a booster? I don't know. I have not seen him in person. I if, wonder if he'll come in two pieces and you put them together. I don't know if he'll actually fit in a booster. But Amber from Married with Clicks uh, did comment on the picture that was shared on our Facebook group. And she said, FYI, this Stiltman comes apart. Yes, that's right. You add to his point value based on how many leg extensions he has. Oh my god, that's amazing. Also based on how many extensions he has, he changes size from standard to giant or colossal, and he has a trait that allows him to remove an extension instead of taking damage and roll a dice, but on a 1 to 3 you take 1 unavoidable damage. This might be the best design figure they've ever made, Hunter Smith. Connor's Clicks also added in it has a colossal retaliation. Oh. That's nifty. Interesting. I'm very I don't know excited. if I like colossal retaliation in general as a mechanic. I agree, but it's a I'm glad that, you know, he has it. I'm glad that we're going to get a meta still man is all I'm saying. Exactly. Of all the figures in Hero Clicks that deserves to be meta, it's fucking Stiltman. I was even, like, when I'm thinking about Daredevil sets, I'm like, would they even put Stiltman in a Daredevil set? Like, Stiltman's that one figure that, like, secretly you hope makes it into every set, but you know never will, and you don't want to admit to your friends you want. I like Stiltman. He's hilarious. <laughs> He's always funny. He always has the armor keyword, so I'm fine with getting another one. Alright, so the most... Amazing. I don't know that it's amazing. The most, uh, what I suspect will be polarizing news 
from from Origins so far is that supposedly, this is not confirmed, I have not heard this officially, but two people who have, who claimed they were told face-to-face by WizKids employee at Origins, and I have messages from them here, said that every single figure in the set will have a quote-unquote sketch variant in the set. And the sketch variants are solid white. So we see two of them here right now. For There's one for Moon Knight and one for J. Jonah Jameson. First of all, we're getting a new fucking Moon Knight. I know. And he's only a rare. And then J. Jonah Jameson looks to be a common, I'm guessing, because the base is white and his rarity symbol is black. Since, you know, the common yeah. symbol. Oh, and it says 006 right there on his uh, card. So yeah, he's going to be a common. And then, uh, Moon Knight looks really cool. Don't have his full dial yet, but he is 90 points, wild card with Spider-Man team ability. His keywords are Marvel Knights, Mystical, and Soldier. And his trait is Avatar of Vengeance, collecting for Khonshu. When he damages an opposing character, place a tribute token on his card, and at the beginning of your turn, you can give him a free action to remove a tribute token to heal him one click. But then, when he would be KO'd, you may remove two tribute tokens to instead turn them to click six. So as you want to damage people as much as you possibly can and get as many tribute tokens as you can and you'll just be healing like crazy. And it looks like he starts off with running shot top dial, but it's hard to tell because, again, the dial is turned to the KO click. So really optimistic about him. But yeah, these figures are solid white. And, and initially I thought... When we were just shown Moon Knight, and so I assumed that they just—I thought it was an Ultra Chase Moon Knight I, when I first saw it. And I panicked. Oh, I just thought it was just a cool way that they were like doing Moon Knight, like oh, his whole thing should be white. And I was—I was thinking, oh, that's really cool of them to do a whole Moon Knight. But then somebody shared the J. Jonah Jameson and said no, and then I got two things showing people saying no. We were told by WizKids that every figure will have a sketch variant that you could basically randomly get in a booster. That would take their same rarity. So it's not like, you know, if you get... It's not like it would count as your prime from that brick or anything like that. It would just be, oh, hey, I happen to pull the white version instead of the regular version or whatever. I love this idea. I like it too. Um, The thing is, as someone who plays the secondary market extensively with sets, um, there is a lot of value in sets. But these are the kinds of things that aren't gameplay related that people really want and collect. This is a collector's bane. This isn't a gamer's bane. So this kind of thing is where you open a booster and I pull a white Moon Knight or whatever. Like This is no different than the normal Moon Knight when it comes to actual capabilities, is it? As far as we know. So then, yeah, I it's it's a foil card basically. Exactly, and I that have, is exactly what I was the the <laughs> the perfect analogy the analogy there. I was going to make. It's a foil card. I think they look cool. Um, there's ones of these I would want to collect. I mean, well, I guarantee you the Moon Knight one's going to be the most sought after one I can, <laughs> because it it just is thematic. it's Moon Knight. It's, it's I mean it's thematic. It's you get the white dial and he's all he, you know he's all in white. I think it's a cool idea. I, I like the idea personally. I'm sure people will be mad about it because those are the kind of people who are going to want to collect full right. sets. Entirety. Years ago, I would have been mad at it because I I'm, I was collecting everything. <laughs> but I will make bank off you guys, so I have no pity for this. 
Well, it definitely does make me um, not necessarily want to buy more boosters of the set, but... I don't feel as bad about the distribution. I'm more likely to buy yeah. boosters than I was. And I won't feel as bad about buying them when I do. Yeah. Basically. Especially, you know what would be cool is if it's just one per booster. Well, you know, you get one sketch variant per booster, but of a, a you know a random figure, it would still take you a long time to collect the sketch variant of everything. You know, you basically See, collect it twice. I'm wondering if it's tied to the rarity of the figure or if it's so many sketch variants per brick. So maybe you get three sketch variants of random rarity completely untied to the normal rarity. Or did you say that they for sure replaced their normal figure in the booster? Um, from what I was reading, it would replace... It would be the same rarity as if it were the actual okay. figure. So just a chance for it to be. Right. So the common J. Jonah Jameson would just take up the common Jameson that was already going to be in the booster. It's just, hey, I got a white one instead gotcha. of a regular one. That's what, a weird, that's what I've read. God. It's going to be one of those things, and the reason I kind of like it, is it's one of those things that when you open a booster and you see one you really want, like that's the excitement I love about opening boosters. Like You see that white flash and instantly... Like, you're gonna you're gonna get all giddy about it. Um, I'm trying to think of what figures would look really cool in a sketch variant, like character wise. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I, <laughs> to be fair, Moon Knight isn't gonna look too much different from his normal version in sketch. No, it looks like they did some shading and stuff. Yeah, too. he's got. I like it. So basically, it's them. They're like, shit. We bought like fifty buckets of paint for these con exclusive Ninja Turtles and chases, and we need to use it. That is actually <laughs> possible. <laughs> It's a smart business decision. <laughs> that is something I had not thought about, Austin Smith. You may be on <laughs> Uh Let me flip through my list of news just in case I missed anything. Oh, I did miss one thing. Uh, you probably know by now, but neutral figures in Civil War do in fact have a rarity. And we were told by WizKids that is a quote-unquote mistake that the neutral figures have rarity. So, uh, to be fair, if they're, I've seen how a lot of the logistics crap goes down with uh, toy makers and model makers and stuff in China. So, if they weren't specifically and expressly told to make sure that one figure didn't stick to rarity, they likely screwed it up. So, I could see that. That will do it for news. Aside from whatever, Drew's. Alderson may or may not have to spoil for Unless us. Unless he gets with stabbed us. in the middle of his battle rail. That is certainly possible. This is Drew we're talking about. They oh. are in what, Chicago? <laughs> it's Columbus, isn't it, I thought? Okay. I, feel I mean, bad. just as bad, this is Ohio. I feel safer for, for Drew Alderson now <laughs> that he's not in Chicago. I mean, like, all it's going to take is Drew just going off the handle once. I mean, Sleeping with somebody's be, woman. To you be, know he's gone to. <laughs> to be fair, I think suicide is more likely than him getting shot by someone else. This is Drew we're talking about. He'll lose like one one twenty five point figure and just <laughs> right there at the table. Uh, let's talk about what we played, Austin. Um, we've done two events since the last time we recorded. Would have been three, but I was fishing. One which of is them, <laughs> uncharacteristically, unlike me. One of them was uh, my Turtles team versus your X-Men team. This was this most recent one. Yep. We both played the Phoenix Force. And you know what? We had a couple comments on our uh, pictures giving us crap for playing a resource. And my thought was, it's 2016. We've had resources for five years now. 
Will you guys get over it for pieces? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, people are still complaining about resources and the idea of resources in general. At this point, I'm pretty sure this is ingrained in the game. There is no... We might someday revert to a world without resources. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure that that will be an interesting day, and I will welcome whatever change WizKids decides on. But, but until then, guys, I'm going to play fucking resources. Guys, get over it. Also, we're both playing a resource. <laughs> the same we're resource. both playing the same resource. <laughs> so, calm down. Calm your tits, people. I love you guys. Anyway. <laughs> Austin team was uh, the new Chase Magneto he wanted to try out before he sells it. Go figure. <laughs> and then the common Storm and uncommon Cyclops. Well, we should be specific because I think there might be two uncommon Cyclopses. The blue suit uncommon Cyclops. That's the, the one that has the leadership that grants him uh, prob control if he hits it and some other stuff. Um Oh, do you want to go ahead and introduce I'll do mine, and then you talk... I'll introduce my team so people can have in their head, like, the matchup, and then you can go back to... Uh, my team was Phoenix Force as well, uh, with the cartoon versions of Leo, Mike, and Raph, and then I had to go down to the comic book version on Donatello, and I had to do that so that I could fit more points for my resource... But also because I really don't like the cartoon version of Donatello, and I felt like that was a good swap down. Yeah. And and also, I saw that my team has very low damage, and so I really needed that top dial out wit that the that the comics book uh, Donatello had, and it actually came was pretty much the the difference maker. Because without it, I don't know that I could have even harmed Austin's Magneto until very late in the game. Uh, and I also play Casey Jones. Yeah. So, Back to Austin. So that's the matchup for you guys. Austin's X-Men, my Turtles. Austin, what would you think about the team in general first before talking about the actual match? Um, in general, uh, that Storm was awesome. I love that Storm. I'm definitely going to play her again in the future. Um, she was cheap. The free smoke cloud is way more useful, and it shuts down teams that you don't expect. If their team does not have a way to ignore hindering on movement, being able to drop a free smoke cloud every turn screws them up ridiculously. Um, and then she also had Perplex, which was nice. Um, wasn't too big on the Cyclops. He was a pretty straightforward, typical Cyclops figure. Um, I mean, he's par for the course. Nothing spectacular. But uh, Sounds a lot like uh, Scott Summers, actually. Scott, yeah. Scott Summers is a dick, everybody. Nice, accurate uh, dial design there, Whiskits. Good yep. job. Um, the Magneto was fun. I'm really sad I'm selling this figure because I actually would like to keep playing it. Um, the two scrap tokens was cool. It was very thematic. You're blowing up terrain to pull yourself some scrap to throw back at people. Um, getting to do object attacks, which is always something that's fun to do because you don't really do object attacks that often. You know, really? Yeah, that's a... Now that you mention it, like... It's, it's Magneto, a mechanic that is Magneto. That's about... I was going to say, Magneto figures are like the only time you do it is him with yeah. one of his figures. Um, and the fact that the little things come off of the top and he's still holding like magnetic waves, it was it's a really well done figure. This is what I want in a chase. You know what? In, in general, the chase uh, sculpt designs are very good on that set. Like yeah. you have the whole Cyclops... Or, uh, Colossus Wolverine, uh, you know, thing too. Where you can pop the Wolverine yeah. off or whatever. So yeah. they did a great job with the, um, the sculpts. Overall, it wasn't a spectacular team, um, but it was an it was an enjoyable and fun team. I played some new figures I hadn't played yet. Um, the Phoenix Force resource per usual is absurdly good. Um, I don't even have to explain that to you guys by now. It's been years. <laughs> 
The Turtles uh, were pretty good. They they were better than I thought. I I obviously tried to keep Raph and Casey next to each other so that they'd get their trait. Um, I used Donnie mostly for the outwit and then as kind of a tie-up piece because he has 18 toughness. Mikey, I gave the TK fragment because he has uh, sidestep and perplex. And he was actually, ironically enough, being that he's the goofball idiot of the team, he was actually like my support figure. Um, I used his sidestep and his perplex and then the TK from the fragment as kind of my... I put him up on elevated where he could kind of oversee the battlefield. I perplexed and TK'd people around as he slowly made his way up into the fight with sidestep. And that proved to be pretty good. And then that Leo, man... That leadership, unfortunately, is pretty useless with the way the leadership is worded. I'm not sure that was a very poor design choice on their part, uh, giving them leadership worded the way it is. But other than that, he was a great figure, too. Um, there was a cool moment. I was playing Jake, and Jake was playing a Justice League team, I think it was Justice Yeah. And he had a Black Canary, who was a few spaces away from... We were on... Uh, what is that map? Do you remember what the name of that map is? It's the one that you and I played on, too. It's like a city street in the middle. There's a couple buildings on each side, and in the corner is like water, and you get knocked down into the water. I can't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, I used uh, Donatello's knockback, his bow staff power that, that that's like giant reach with knockback or whatever, and I charged in, positioned myself where I hit her, and then knocked her back to, and knocked her down into the water and got two more extra damage, which ended up killing her, so... That was a pretty fun little gratifying thing. And then Raph and Casey just got in there and tore it up. Man, Casey, for 30 points. I mean, we talked about it on the podcast when he came out. Like, people just still do not appreciate how ridiculous he can be if you pick his targets and timing well. You know, you don't... Obviously, you can't rush him in toe-to-toe against a 125-point attacker and expect him to do much. Really? But you got to get him... In against the in the matchups where he should be, and just let him wreck face. Oh yeah, He's, he was crazy good, especially because I had another. Uh, I started off the Phoenix Force with plus one attack, and so that coupled with the uh, Raph's trait, and then if Casey hit with that twelve attack, then he would uh, activate Casey's own trait where he gets to swing again with plus one attack. So he's like a thirteen attack if he got the whole combo off, and I did get it off pretty real uh, reliably. Then a few weeks before that, we played, this was, uh, no, I think we had ATAs this day. We had ATAs, but nothing else. And uh, I had Justice League, and you had X-Men. We both got to play a lot of pieces that we had not yet played, um, except for John Constantine. I had played John Constantine before, but every yeah, other piece. the all-new X-Men. I tried the new changing, shifting focuses, uh, Batman and Superman. Uh, Captain Adam, who Austin had played my Captain Adam so far, but I, I, love Captain I had not gotten to play him. I ended up having to play him on the cheap uh, close combat version because I couldn't quite fit him on the team otherwise. And then I tried out the uh, Aquaman main set from the movie set recently. This, this was the only piece I picked up out of the whole set. Uh, I just really liked the dial and I thought he'd be worth it, and he was. He was like probably MVP of the whole thing. Uh, he has like traded hypersonic and super senses when he's in water, and we played on the bridge map. And I just kind of sent him up along the outside of the map where he stays in water, and then he can start his hypersonic from there, rush in, smack somebody. I think he has traded super strength too, uh, hitting people with ultra heavies. He was doing work, 
and then JC sitting in the back. Unfortunately, Austin acts in typical Austin faction, fashion accidentally hard-countered John Constantine where he was literally useless because Austin played the all-new X-Men who have a trait that does what? It says they can't be probed by uh, I'm trying to their attacks or attacks targeting them. Can't be probed. Cannot be probed. So JC was just eye candy, basically. So we both weren't allowed to prob, basically. JC just sat back in the bushes smoking a cigarette, like, just watching the whole time. Um, my team, it wasn't bad. Um, it was, there were some interesting figures. I definitely love that Jean Grey, and I mean, if I recall, she's seen at least one or two rock teams, so it's not too shocking. Um, the, uh, the rest of them was kind of, were kind of, the Beast, the Beast really didn't live up to much, nor did the Angel, but... Yeah, I'm not crazy about that angel. I feel like he's a cool idea and design choice, but he's a little... He just needs beefed up a little bit on a value here and there. But I played Kitty Pride on this team since she was the leader of the all-new X-Men, and I really wanted to play the plus five prime. And so I went ahead and took that extra five points, which, once again, I absolutely love that mechanic. Um, Brought the prime to my sideboard, and... Holy shit, that Prime. She was really cool. Oh, I love that You made me... I was like, okay, I definitely... I already wanted to play the Uncommon Kitty Pride. Now I definitely want to yeah, play Yeah, the... Um, I, I don't know whether I would prefer to play her full dial or... Um, I don't know. I think it's... The, the way you did it's the best because... Yeah. Because Start you're with normal and then turn her into it. Yeah, because you're guaranteed to get on that click yep. like that. You know, Whereas you won't get accidentally past it. Mm-hmm. Um very good figure. Um, in case you don't know, basically she just moves through a ton of people and stacks tokens. Um, against Jake, I was perping up her movement and moving like extra squares to hit an extra person or two, and it was just it was fun. Basically, it, it works the same way that Phantom Girl used to work, except Instead Kitty Pride gives gives tokens to everyone, not yeah. just one person. So. Yeah. So I was using her to lock up the team while uh, Scott and Jean Grey and then were taking pot shots at people from the back, which worked flawlessly. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted. Um, your team had a lot of heavy hitters, though. <laughs> I, I also had willpower, and that's one thing that yeah. your team lacked. Not a single figure. I got out action to death. Has willpower on your team, and that was probably the difference maker. Also, let's shifting focus Batman Superman. How freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus, Louises. Like, I was missing crap tons of attacks on this game, and I still, like, just mopped the floor with Austin. My team was a little too strong. I didn't realize how strong that Superman and Batman were truly going to be. Yeah. But I definitely want to play them again. Like, I loved the mechanic of just being able to switch in and out uh, between all of them. So that was pretty fun, too. All right, let's catch up on some community. Oh, wait! Awesome. I was told we have... Drew Alderson calling in, calling in live from Origins. What? Man in the field interview live on scene. Let's go to Drew Alderson. Let's go to Drew Alderson right now. Right now in the in the flesh. Drew Alderson, I hear you are live on scene at Origins Game Fair. Is this correct? I am live on scene at Origins right now. Yeah, that sounds legitimate. Is it pandemonium? It is pandemonium. Uh, It's crazy. There's everyone. Funny story, Austin missed out on the Gay Pride Parade, so uh, tell me, should be sorry? Yeah, I don't know if everyone's heard or not. Ironically, we were uh, called homophobes, and I actually had to, first time ever, ban in, what, three years we've been doing this? I actually had to, like, block somebody on Facebook. Funny story. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, we're homophobes, uh, ironically. Congratulations. Number uh, so so Drew, I got some interesting questions to interview our man on the field. Since you're live there, you can you can find out for us live on the scene. Okay. All right. On a scale from one to ten, with one being a Catholic middle school dance where the nun is standing beside you with a yardstick between you and your dance partner, <laughs> and a ten being nuts to butts, how crowded is it? At Origins. How crowded is it? It's actually a lot more open than you think. Like, uh, Gentile's way more uh, crowded. Okay. Okay. So somewhere in the middle. Definitely not nuts to bust, though. That's good. So I'd say it's like a seven, you know, like, uh... Austin's bedroom on a Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, you know. (laughs) All right. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being a Magic the Gathering championship... How bad is the nerd funk at Origins? It is a 10. It is a <laughs> solid 10. It's really bad. You hear that, Hero Clicks? Uh, We're as good as Magic, at, at least in some aspect. <laughs> the, the nerds are in very... They're everywhere. So We should have given you some trial size uh, old Deodorant spice <laughs> to pass out to people. Yeah. You know, one of these days, the Clicks tray guy... We'll just make a space on the click tray <laughs> for, for a can of X. For a can of X. Yeah. All right. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how many old ladies did you have to stab when you were waiting in line to buy your Connelly this year? I actually didn't buy mine, so zero. What, so was it as packed as uh, f- past Gen Con years, though? As no, as the there was no, there was no one in line. Yeah, I could probably go get mine right now, so probably. Well, that at least they got one thing uh, better there than they used to at Gen Con. It's not in like the exhibit hall. It's like right by where they do the events. So it was actually really smooth. Oh, that's that's much better. A much better idea. Uh, from one to a hundred, how many Balls of Fury figures have you seen? Since you've been there, I actually haven't checked out Worlds at all, but uh, I'm sure he's rampant. So I'd say a good fifty-five to sixty. You know? <laughs> I, that was about my estimate as well. That was about yeah. Drew, I don't know if you are actually aware of this or not, but on WizKids Facebook page, they shared a picture of some players playing a battle royale, which showed you and Scott and Aaron and the whole crew. You guys were sitting at a battle royale table with a with a girl, like a like a middle school aged little girl. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and assume you got your asses. Kicked. Tell us the truth. <laughs> Did you you, you this is this it. is a no win scenario for you because you either lost to a girl or you teamed up and beat a little girl. So tell us the truth. What happened in this battle royale? Um, I don't think I was playing with her, uh, but I think. I think they did mop her up, so I don't know. He's dodging the question, Hunter Smith. How how many Royals have you won, Drew, so far? How many? I haven't won any, uh, but I've gotten a lot of Super Rares. Huh? Oh, nice. I won you. Actually, no. Yes, I do, actually. Sorry. But, um, yeah, I haven't won any, but I've actually won a Chase Colossus and uh, some other stuff. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. Actually, he probably he probably goes for like more than some of those Connellys are going to go for, really. Yeah. Who? So it, I'm not too disappointed. I got like literally a crap ton of super rares. 
I think I have three malices now, so I don't, yeah. Welcome to the go club, Drew Alderson. Are you playing in any more Royals today? Uh, no, this was our last one. I'm heading back home tomorrow. Or today, actually, today. Drew, when you come back uh, and you, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, next Whiteland Wars, we're going out to old Zaxby's Chicken. We always go out to Zaxby's. Because we always go out to Zaxby's Chicken. I'm about to ask what we're right. for food today. <laughs> I'm sad it? I missed this one. My, but, uh, uh, my scaling question. called my name. My scaling question, on a 1 to 10, with 1 being RC Cola and 10 being Zaxby's Chicken, how delicious is Austin Smith? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Be truthful. Austin's up there with RC Cola, isn't he? Um, <laughs> He's a 1. That's down there, Drew Alderson. <laughs> okay, Austin's down there with Zaxby's Chicken. Um, <laughs> or, not Zaxby's Chicken. You got it backwards. RC Cola. Drew's true feelings are no... <laughs> Oh, shut up. You heard it here. Drew called uh, me a 10 when he thought RC Cola was good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know how Austin is. Not very great. I'd probably rate him a 3 out of 10, maybe. Hey, That's what, higher than I expected. What set are they using for Royals this year for DC? And uh, DC is World's Finest. Uh, Marvel's Uncanny X-Men. Oh, nice. Very nice. nice. So, Austin, I have this theory. You know, there's, there's this whole thing where when the Super Bowl, when, when your city wins the Super Bowl... You produce more children that year. 18 years later, you look back and, and there was a sudden spike in your... This is actually a legit thing. Oh, I know. You have a sudden spike in your population They growth. gave us like 15 commercials about it this year at the yeah. Super Bowl. I have this theory that when Drew Alderson comes through your town for a weekend, <laughs> it causes there's a, a sudden <laughs> population spike. So, Drew, another scaling question. From 1 to 100, how many of these illegitimate children are you actually going to claim and pay child support for? <laughs> So, funny story, and, uh, <laughs> uh, I was playing in a Royal, and a kid, uh, I think he was like, maybe like 14, 15 years old, he's an Asian kid, he came up to me uh, and asked me for a picture, I'm not joking, <laughs> I'm not making this up. How did so, he know who you were? He asked me if I was Drew, and but, my name's on my badge, and it's a lot more legible than it is at Gen Con. So, yeah. No, let's be honest. This is the court sending... This kid wants to take this to court. <laughs> he just got your signature, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but either way, like... I... You tell him right in, so... If you are the Asian kid I took a picture with that or I'm gonna guess, bring it right in. I'm gonna guess he plucked the hair off of your cap so he could have some DNA testing done later. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Going to take you on Maury here in about six months. <laughs> you are not the father. I can just see Drew throwing oh, chairs. We'll be dancing on Maury live. <laughs> Last question, Drew. How can we make America yeah. great again if it was never great to begin with? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> God. Well, we hope that was you're cynical. We, <laughs> we hope you're having a good time out there. I am. It's been a blast. Uh, I'm down to my last few hours, but it's been good. Um, yeah, uh, we played in Team Worlds. We did terribly. Uh, our pulls were garbage. Our luck was even worse. Aww. So, yeah. Is, the, is the Team Worlds all sealed still? Yeah, it's uh, Uncanny X-Men sealed. 
Uh, I was really hoping you guys were going to do well just so I could see whatever the hell you go, you would end up having a hand in designing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Uh, the city of Cleveland, or Columbus, wrong city, is uh, a great city. And, yeah, uh, you know, I'll be back next year, I think, because it was a blast. Sounds good, buddy. Well, we'll let you get back to it. Tell the game that we said hey. All right. Well, uh, this is Drew Aldis live in the field signing off. Uh, so have a great weekend, uh, and I will see you later. All right. Well, thanks, Drew, for calling in, providing that valuable information and entertainment. Let's get on to uh, community before we wrap this baby up. Patrick McGee. Hello, gentlemen. I just wanted to write and let you know how much I enjoy your podcast. been listening since the beginning. I even got to host an episode with Hunter for Days of Future Past. I even enjoyed Diaries of a Random White Guy. I had totally forgot back when I did Diaries of a Random White Guy. I was going to ask you the other day if that podcast is still going on for no, your three listeners. I did it for, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have many. I did it for four or five episodes. I had, uh, I don't know, maybe 20-something at one point. And then the monthly subscription thing got messed up on Podbean. And I was like, you know what? Screw, Screw it. it. <laughs> I, I also just didn't have time to do it, too. So I was like, I don't have the time or money to do it. I ended up... No, you were going to drag me on that one time. I thought it would have been... Well, that was the problem, too. Podcasts just aren't as good with one person. Like, I've listened to a handful of podcasts. The only podcast that I can say has ever gotten popular and is actually good that has one person is Bill Burr's. And that's saying... that He's, like, literally one of the most charismatic men that's ever walked the earth. So... <laughs> You know, even he can barely pull it off. So yeah. I was going to say, anytime I've listened to one person podcast, it's always been like, I'm five minutes in and I'm done. <laughs> Anyways, back to Patrick's email. He says, listening to every episode from the beginning, I just now finished. I have a ton of stuff to write in about. Unfortunately, there's only one thing in the infamous Chili episode. I'm pretty sure at one point Hunter says, I like to dip my peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my chili. Let me stop Patrick there. No. No, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let me stop Patrick there. You're almost correct. I just, I, there's no jelly on it. You could, That's gross. You don't put jelly okay, I was gonna say with honey. a peanut butter sandwich and then dip it in chili. Here's what I do. And you take one piece of bread, you put peanut butter, preferably crunchy Jif, on one half of the bread, and then you fold it and make and a little half sandwich, and then you dip it in the chili. No jelly is involved in this, Patrick. You savage. This is a savory treat. This, and then you dip it in your chili. So that's what I do. I get my bowl of chili every Sunday at work. I get my bowl of chili. I get my bread and my peanut butter. I dip that in the chili till I finish my bread. Then I take crackers and cheese, and then I put that in the chili, and I eat it from See, there. that's overkill. Or Fritos, if I have Fritos available. Um, but never Cheez-Its. Gosh. <laughs> That's a common thing in my family in general. A lot of people I know use or dip peanut butter in chili. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, peanut butter is delicious, savory, like cooked in crap that's like that. But He yeah. says, uh, what the fuck? How did we, as a collective community, miss this? Is it because Austin is such a jerk? Please, Hunter, explain yourself. Uh, I feel like I fully explained myself right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There was no, no jelly. You have to defend the mix of peanut know, butter and cheese. I can understand if you really thought I was putting jelly in there, how... The audacity of that, my statement. Because that's a good discussion. <laughs> that is an offense. That is an affront to all that is a civilized society. <laughs> he says, P.S. Master debate. Uh-oh. 
Oh, we better save that. I'm not, we're going to save that for Drew because it, it's Judge Dredd in, uh, related as well. So we'll save that. Oh, for even Drew. better. Uh, he'll be hopefully with us next episode. So, unless he's still at Origins because he died. Connor, hey, lady and gentlemen, I just listened to every podcast. That's two people now in a row that have went back and listened to every podcast ever. What is wrong with you guys? I just want to point out the fact he said lady and gentlemen. That kind of hurt my feelings. I just listened to every podcast that you guys ever did. The evolution of you peeps has grown immensely, and I love you peeps very much. I miss when you guys started out with music and had outro music. Thank you for being so awesome. So you guys may have noticed at the beginning of this episode, I started with music. And, spoiler alert, I will be ending with music. <gasps> because Connor is not the only one who has emailed the missing and the said, band. Hey, what happened to Hunter picking his favorite songs and playing a different one each episode? Or, or sometimes I did things that related to what we were yeah. going to talk about. Uh, I missed that. So, Connor, you, you were the nail in the coffin. You, I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Let's go back to the old school music. So that's what we'll do for a while. I want to point out that if this many people are listening back through all our episodes because we had one extra week of a gap here, we need to start skipping through yeah, weeks every couple months. Just takes a year off. <laughs> uh, he has some questions. Any of you guys going to Origins Game Fair? Well, Drew Alderson's there if you uh, didn't hear earlier. Uh, Can't miss the motherfucker. Who's your favorite secret society member? Oh, wait. Well, he just says, who's your favorite secret society? Are we talking real life or comic book? I'm privy to the Lizardmen or the Jewish Conspiracy. I think those are both pretty great ones. What about the Dead Poet Society? The I don't think that's a real secret society. Oh, Captain Mike. Oh, I just realized that's even more sad now that... Robin I watched Williams, that movie after his death, and you want to talk about a cripplingly destroying movie. Robin Williams actually is a dead poet now. It's going on my list. Of, I watch Talladega Nights every year, and I don't have to watch that every year. Do you know what Overwatch is? Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to hit my first star, so yeah, I'm pretty well versed. With I'm Overwatch. level 18. <laughs> I'm 90-something. I'm right like 30-something. Been playing it a lot. Luckily, work's been slow, and we have somewhat halfway decent internet at work, so I've been playing it at work a little bit, too. Don't tell anybody. Uh, do you play... Yeah. My favorite characters uh, would be... Uh, Zenyatta's my absolute number one favorite character. I second that one. And luckily, with the new nerfs to McCree and Widow... Uh, He's viable! I've seen way more... Since the I've seen way more Zenyatta since the McCree or since the Widow nerf because now he can't be one body, body shot. shot yeah. Uh, and my my Zenyatta game has gotten stronger anyway. I, every day before I play, I play at least I get at least one win every day, so I get the win of the day bonus or whatever. Oh, there's a win of the day bonus. Yeah, it's like a well, it's, shit. It, I would have been logging on. It's every like fifteen hundred too. It's a lot. Yeah, it's quite a bit. It's worth doing it. So basically, every day I log on. I play until I get a win, and then after I get that win, I play until I lose again, and then that's my that way I don't go overboard on it. But uh, I, I've been doing really good on it. I play Soldier, Widowmaker, Winston, because I am cancer in this game. I, oh, I love Winston. He's and funny. then uh, my absolute favorite is my number one waifu, Zarya, because freaking she can carry me back to her love cave and break my groin. I will be fine with it. Awesome. Let's be honest. She's not interested in men. I'm a very pretty boy, Hunter Smith. <laughs> she might be interested in you. <laughs> kind of look. You kind of look like a lesbian. I can, just, no comment. <laughs> I was the prettiest lesbian in high school. Uh, 
aside from Zenyatta, I like all of the support characters. I fully I agree. And then I like uh, Farrah, Junkrat, and uh, Torbjorn. Those would probably be my other ones. Fucking Toblerone. I can't play him. But honestly, I, I play pretty much the whole cast at a pretty decent level. Aside from Genji, I haven't had much time with Genji yet. I had a really bad series of games when I first started with Genji, and I didn't like him. I was like, I don't see why people think he's good. I can see why people keep getting screwed up with him. And then I had one or two games in a row where I carried the team, like, four or five gold medals both times. And I was like, I like Genji now. He's definitely up there in my ranks. It just takes getting into the groove of the game. I had a similar experience with Tracer. Yeah. The first couple games, I was like, ooh, I'm just... It wasn't that I didn't like her, because I think her mechanics are really cool. I think she's a great idea, but I just wasn't doing very well. And then it just suddenly clicked, and I was just destroying... That's kind of how all the characters are to me. Like, it's also very matchup based, and yeah. that's what I like about this game is, if you start, this is what everybody should do, and if it did, if everybody on your team did this, you would win almost all the time. This is in at least in pubs. If, if you're just, not doing well with the character, character that you have, pull up, hit tab. If you're on PC or whatever you're on, look at the opponent's team. What can you counter them with? Oh, they have a widow, a Hanzo. Or let's say a Widow, a Tracer, and a Genji. Okay, let's Winston. go Winston. You know, let, switch to something useful that's going to help your team. Anyway. Hell It's I a great, great game. He has a Master Debate for us as well, and you and I can do this. Who would win in a fight? Quicksilver or Flash? Well, Flash would bend time and literally undo the fact that Quicksilver ever existed. Well, while I secretly agree with you, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate <laughs> for the sake of Master Debate. And I'm going to go Quicksilver. Now, as to why, hmm. here's, my, here's my scenario. There I don't was think a, we need a scenario, though, do we? I think so, because I... But I mean for Quicksilver, because I think isn't... Doesn't Flash have issues with blunt force in his speed, if I recall? Like, I know he phases through stuff and all you're that You're saying crap. getting hit or hit... What are you Can saying? he do a full, like, five bajillion mile an hour speed force and just one punch? Or would yeah. he hurt himself doing that? Well, let's be honest. If you're thinking theoretically, they yeah. They well, yeah, but I mean, like I didn't but know no, if like, that comics, was a limitation. That's, that's, of his not a, that's not a problem. Okay. I just think I agree with you that it's more the time shifting abilities his, that would put Flash yeah. over the top. However, I was gonna say I think Quicksilver's power does protect him from that stuff. So I remember sure. Quicksilver. Um, well, for one, Quicksilver does heal better than Flash, from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. But also, I remember back in the heyday of Mighty Avengers. When Bendis was writing it, I don't always enjoy Bendis, but when I do, it's really good. No. <laughs> Remind me about Bendis when we're done. Don't that. always enjoy Bendis, but uh, he had a really good Mighty Avengers run. It was back when Hank Pym was leading him. And I remember there was this arc with, uh, what is his name, the inhuman guy that looks like the Burger King guy. That, Gosh dang it, I forgot about That him. had the figure that shut down a lot, a lot of stuff, and it was a meta figure for a while. It was an un... Why am I having a brain fart? I know every unhuman like the back of my hand. It's like unknown. I'm going to kill myself if I don't look it up. He's in Chaos War figure. Super rare. Unspoken. There, the Unspoken had like the Terrigen stuff on the planet or whatever. And like Quicksilver got like buffed from it or whatever. Yeah. That's my scenario. Okay. So Quicksilver knows where this shit is. Now we got Inhuman, X-Men, Superman, Quicksilver versus your regular Flash. Then it's a fair fight. I think it is. 
But then Flash would just go back in time and screw up the entire space-time continuum. Here's another caveat. Quicksilver's a mutant, right? Okay. Flash got his powers the way he did, and it was kind of an instantaneous thing. Whereas Quicksilver, Quicksilver is, is a mutant and is slowly, very slowly, becoming more and more powerful, as all the mutants are. The longer that the goes on before these two have the fight, the stronger Quicksilver would become. Well, that depends, too. Does their increased metabolisms cause them to age faster, and who would die first? Let's be honest, this is real life. They both have to eat, like... An entire McDonald's a few times, I think, to even the... fight for <laughs> four seconds. Um, what's the... Gosh, this is just a... It's a sucky one because I feel like outside of regeneration, Flash's power set is literally just Quicksilver's plus. Yeah. Because Flash is a main marquee character. His powers have been explored a lot more over the course of his history than Quicksilver's have, which means he has the Superman syndrome of... He's done so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, that being said, he they both... It would be a fun fight to watch. <laughs> and they both get beat by various things, but... Yep. Yeah. I... Okay, I, enough playing devil's advocate. Fine. Neither Flash, of them have their speed powers. Flash would win. Neither of them have their speed powers oh, who wins in a fight. I would say Quicksilver. I would say too. He seems like the kind of guy who knows how to street scrap. Well, he, he's also just mean. But Wally does you have... Know. If we're talking Wally, Wally's got freaking police training. And probably a gun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Barry's like super crazy smart. I mean, he might think of something. Alright. Uh, that... Are all of our master debates going to be fights now? Apparently. Alright, that looks like it for the uh, email. And then I know we had at least one from Dial H uh, Facebook page. Patrick has been sending us lots of pictures. We appreciate that, Patrick. I've been sharing them for the most part. He, yeah, so we already kind of talked about this one, um, about the uh, sketch variants or whatever. Yeah. Craig Petty says, wasn't there a Gold Balls preview for the Uncanny X-Men set, or am I losing my shit? You're losing your shit. Yeah, I think you're losing your shit. I don't recall. I remember we talked about we would like to see Gold Balls, and we, I'm sure several people have said that, but I don't remember ever... I don't remember one. There might have been one. The internet's notorious for leaks and deleting leaks and reposting leaks, so God only knows. Yeah, I don't I don't recall. If anybody else knows anything that does not agree, that you know, has proof. As a man who loves balls, I have not seen anything of it, I would remember it. This is true. Austin Smith would be well aware. <laughs> I like old balls as a character though. I hope we do get I do too. I think he's funny. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. If you would like your question read on the air, just be sure to hit us up either on our Facebook page, our Twitter, or at our Gmail account, which is, of course, dial H4. That 4 is spelled out, not the number 4. Dial H4 HeroClicks at gmail.com. We, again, appreciate uh, old Drew Alderson joining us live. Um, send us in some questions. Send us in a master debate or two. Send us in a master debate that is not a one-on-one fight. Please don't give us Gladiator Gladiator versus freaking Superman. Give us something good. Uh, But also, don't forget to read your Spider-Verse kitties. We'll talk about it in two weeks. We'll see you then. Later, guys.
This episode's song was Left Hand Free by Alt-J. If it sounds familiar to you, it's probably because it made its way into the post-movie credits on Civil War. So if you were like me and you sat around waiting to see what possible spoilers they put at the end of that movie, you would have caught this song too. So pick it up on iTunes for $1.29. It's a great song. Pretty good band. Check them out. Later.